on this radio station, ESPN's coverage of Twins-Yankees tomorrow night, right here on 1500 ESPN, followed by the return, and Derek Wetmore is hanging out with us here. You're going to be in New York for the game. The return of Twins rap. It's been five years, I believe, since Twins rap. We took calls after each game, Doogie and the Channel 5 crew and Joe Schmidt and Chris Long. And so Twins rap is coming back to break down the game, win or lose tomorrow night, to take your phone calls. And it's being powered by the Canopy Group, which is uh, dedicated to providing the best insurance coverage while saving you money on your home and auto insurance. A local company. Visit the Canopy Group. Dot com and thank you to the Canopy Group for bringing back Twins Rap. Does your gut say that Twins Rap is going to be full of positivity or negativity tomorrow night, Derek? I think it's optimism reigns. Optimism reigns on Tuesday, and it's a cop-out answer because it should be optimistic either way. Chris Jimenez used the phrase house money that I know Judd's been using for a couple of months here now. I think that's right. I think if you go into New York... No pressure on you, all of the pressure on the Yankees, fully expecting to march past the Twins. Okay, so if you lose, it was a great season, and we'll see you back next year. Yep. And you're going to go make some moves this winter to get better. But if you win, like, that's, I mean, pandemonium in the Twin Cities there. They're going to be fully expecting then uh, doubling the size of the bandwagon overnight for that Cleveland Indian series, which, honestly, I've said this to you guys the past couple of weeks. I could see it happening, couldn't you? What's that? The a Twins win? beating the Yankees yes, in New York. Yes, in, in one game. Right. That, that's the thing is, if this was a series, I'd say, okay, it's baseball, as as you guys like to say. So it could happen, but I wouldn't believe it. Sure. But you're playing one game. You're going in there. And, and I think the fact, despite the fact that you got swept, I think the fact that you just went there is a help to you. Because now there, there's not going to be any mystique to this. Now yeah, you, you, you just, just played, got smoked three games. It's yeah. you just played three games there, though. So you're not gonna, you're not going to go in and say, "Man, the ghost of Babe Ruth is in this new corporate stadium." <laughs> you're going to go in and say, "Okay, we got smoked three games, but we've been here." Yeah. So I, I honestly think the fact that you were just there, as opposed to if, if you had gone there in April, is a help. Could I also throw this to the to the list of reasons why you shouldn't write the Twins off in this game? And I was watching, I was telling Judd, I was watching ESPN last night, SportsCenter, Mark Teixeira was on, just totally dismissing the Twins, and oh, oh, sure. oh, the, oh the Yankees are going to win the game. He was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the, they asked him for a pick, and he goes, oh, a, a pick? Oh, the Yankees are going to win the game. <laughs> You're going to Mark Teixeira for a Yeah, pick. right. Like, All right. Uh, so, but, and I, and I totally get that's the sentiment, and the Yankees are the better team. The Yankees are more primed for probably a deeper playoff run than the Twins are. But could I argue, Irvin Santana has been a very reliable, steady starting pitcher for a number of years. He's pitched in playoff games. He's pitched in big late-season, postseason ramifications games in fall-like temperatures and all those things. He's pitched in all the stadiums. Luis Severino is a better pitcher, even at a younger age. But I think I trust Irvin Santana to be the better starting pitcher more often than not in that matchup in under these circumstances. Now, of course, the Yankees trot out amazing relievers. So even if Luis Severino has to be pulled in the third inning, um, if it becomes a bullpen game, you're going to pick the Yankees. But I, I think Irvin Santana is going to have an edge over a better pitcher ordinarily based mm. on the circumstances. Okay, so I don't agree with you fully there. I've heard that logic, but I think the Yankees have the edge in the starting pitcher. They have the edge by a mile and a half in the bullpen. And where the Twins have the edge is they have the better offense right now. I think with or without Miguel Sano, the Twins' offense, 1-9, through nine, is better than New York's. And that's not very popular. I think nationally the sentiment is the Yankees have all three advantages, plus... 
They're the Yankees. The and Yankees have there. the top heavy offense advantage, and that they have the best hitter. Yeah, well, I take Aaron Judge. Right, but healthy Miguel Sano though, like changes the math. I don't think Miguel Sano is, you know, a hundred percent, or he's certainly not back to midseason form after what we saw this weekend. But I think even without Miguel Sano, maybe he goes and he's like a pinch hitter on their roster. I think with Robbie Grossman as your DH, the Twins have a better offensive team. They've shown it since the All Star break, scoring runs with the best teams in baseball. So I think that to say that it's a like the the natu- national perception is going to be what? 0%, 5% that the Twins could maybe uh, maybe It's a nice might. it's a nice little story. Oh, That's the fun, national perception. What a perception. cute little Cinderella thing that yeah. it, I think it's more like 40%. I think that the yes. Twins have a very legitimate chance to win the game with the offensive advantage that they have. But don't the, the odds say that in one game it, it has to be at least a, a legit chance? Yes. I mean, well, yeah. For I sure. mean, when you're playing, Here, put it this way: when you're playing one game, this, this to me is the equivalent of hockey. In that, if your goaltender gets hot for a game or two, guess what? You can beat a great team. Sure. Well, put it this way: if they were going to play a 50 game series between these two teams, or uh, you need to go more than 50, a 51 game series between these two teams, <laughs> 25, 25. Just in case you get to that 50th game, <laughs> it's tied. And it's yeah. tied at 25. Going to Yankee yeah. Stadium. It's tied at 25. Darn it! Hey, that's the situation that they have right here. It's tied at 25 and a <laughs> actually, you know, first li- to 26. Links and Sparks are basically that. They've played 12 games since the beginning of last year, and they're tied in points. I saw 908 to 908, <laughs> yeah, which is amazing. Crazy. I think though, if you're if you're saying it's a 51 game series. I am not putting one penny on the Twins. The Yankees are a better team. They're better designed to march through October than the Twins. Whereas if the Twins get through this, it's kind of like, oh gosh, now what? You know, who's pitching game one of the DS? How are we going to stack With up? Zero against? expectations. No, for again. sure. Just yeah. just just fly to the fly caution to the wind. But there's this element of the one game that even if it was the Yankees versus the White Sox, you'd be like. Well, I don't know. The Yankees should win that game, but boy, are you telling me there's a hundred percent chance that that does not exist in baseball? This reminds me again, 2003, wild in this sense. Okay, we I think we look at this and say, well, they've got a chance, and I think nationally people say, well, it's a cute story, it's a really good story, but we're all thinking in the back of our minds that the players are probably thinking, or that, that or that they might be thinking along the lines of, it's the Yankees, it's going to be tough. What Molitor said yesterday to the fans of, we'll see you next Sunday, Yeah, it's not BS. I agree. That's a mentality, and, and this is where elite athletes and people that have played the game differ from people like me. I look where, at where, where you're just nervous about everything? Yes, and no, but I look at... I look at their including like plastic silverware. I look at their chances. You can cut yourself. I look at their chances <laughs> and I say to myself, they could win, but realistically, they probably won't. And it's still a great story. Mm. Molitor has been able to convey, and this is this is why the whole thing in San Diego wasn't BS. Yeah. That that no no retreat, the trade no surrender thing. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a nice story, but it, when you get professional athletes to buy into that. There's something there. I'm just glad he was listening to Bruce Springsteen and not like that's a great song, like Hanson or something. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have been bop, break my top, bop, doo wop on the whiteboard. Yeah, that would have been really weird. I'm not sure everyone would have got that reference in that clubhouse. Uh, <laughs> well, they, they probably didn't get Springsteen either. Yeah, no, probably that's Byron, probably like Byron Buxton claims that he did. Under, I saw, right, saw the lyrics, and I'm sure they all looked up the lyrics on their phone. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I totally knew oh, who Bruce yeah. Springsteen was. That, yeah, he's like him and that John Mellencamp guy. They're yeah. pretty much the same, right? They both really love 
America but jeans I, and things like but that. But I honestly think the ability for some of these guys or a lot of them to suspend their belief and say we've got a chance is real. Yeah, no, I I'm on board with you there. There was a uh I was riding the elevator this weekend and a Tigers coach said uh he's this is after the game, he's headed up to the concourse, go grab a I don't know, taxi back to the hotel, whatever coaches do after games. Just wander into Sneaky Pete's and get <laughs> sloshed. Bingo. And says, dragged out by security. And uh, me and a couple of other uh, reporters, we were talking about the Yankees' bullpen. And, like, honestly, guys, they could go two innings with Severino and be fine in this game. They just got one after another after another and never stops. And the Tigers coach kind of turns over his shoulder and said, yeah, but what you guys are forgetting about is there's all of the pressure in the world on the Yankees because they're expected to go to the World Series. Yeah. And there's no pressure on that team over there, the Twins. I would not sleep on that team. And I I just thought that was interesting perspective from somebody inside the game who just got done playing the Twins and thinks that there's something to that sort of like loose nature that that everybody seems to have. So that's a really interesting... I, I love I that that's another reason why you shouldn't sleep on the twins because they li- like they literally don't care. I mean, they care if they lose, but they also don't really care if they lose because they weren't supposed to get to this point to begin with. And there were a lot of matchups between 2003 when they first faced the Yankees in a playoff series and lost in four games, and 2010, the last time they got smoked by the Yankees, where even though they were not the better team going in, the Twins still felt the pressure of hey, you got to get. You got to get beyond the. You got to beat the Yankees. You got to right. get beyond the first round. So it was a weird paradox. And then I would say in 2004, and for sure in 2010, and maybe even in 09, they weren't the favored team, but they still felt pressure to finally beat the Yankees. Sure, but that. But those are different teams. Joe Maurer is the only one left over from those teams. Glenn Perkins uh, really didn't play a role in the 09 or 2010, uh, like uh, stretch runs or anything like that. And so. For the Twins to go into this game, like Jeb was saying, and really not give a bleep about the history and the 33-88 and 88 record, that matters, and it counts for something tomorrow night. And guess what's a key thing, I, I think, here, too? Manager. Guardy went in. Guardy was uptight about every series, right? The Yankees. we got to get past the Yankees. Paul is perfect for a team like this and a game like this. Yeah. Because guess what? The pressure's never going to get to him. Right. He's never going to walk in the clubhouse and say, okay, guys, we got this far, and now we've got to do this. He's going to walk in and say, okay, here's what we need to, to do. Well, one thing to note, I believe Ron Gardenhire, was it before 2009 or 10, did have some sort of a Yankees-themed pinata on the team plane, or so did something where hmm. we're going like to beat the Yankees thing and it didn't work, so... Paul Mahler did the we're going to be back here on Sunday thing. A lot of that's just symbolic BS that has nothing to do with the actual outcome. Yeah, but good for him, I think. I mean, he's addressing the fans, and he says, first he starts by saying, you know, there's always going to be the debate, who's the best fans. All's I know, I wouldn't trade Twins fans for any of them. You know, let's have a great day today, and we'll see you next Sunday. And the place went crazy. And I think there were some players, too, that were like, oh, you know, you hear that. You hear when your manager says that to a stadium full of people. And I don't know what percent in impact it's going to have. You could argue that it's none. But I think that that attitude that pervades throughout the clubhouse and starts, frankly, with Molitor, I think Judd just hit it that in terms of, uh, you know, even keeled, not being overwhelmed by the moment, right. Yankees ghosts, hey, there's Monument Park out there. Oh, 
Mahler doesn't care. It's also just know? not the it's not the same stadium. It's not the right. same vibe. It's not the same fans. It's not the Let's come back and talk about Miguel Sano and what the Twins should do, how yeah. they can best use their best slugger who just came back to face major league pitching and it wasn't great this weekend. What should they do with Miguel Sano? But uh, first, I want to talk to you guys about Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, and a proud sponsor of the Mackie and Judd Show and also of the Touch 'Em All podcast, which Derek and I have a new episode we recorded last night going over our uh, our expected rosters or what we would do. Luther Brookdale Toyota is here to remind you, like the Buzz Killingtons that we are, cold weather and snowy weather is not as far away as you think. We're into October now. And so even though it's not here yet, you just want to be proactive and take advantage of the October tire sale and of free battery inspections and uh, and things like that. So here's how it works. Buy any three tires and get the fourth one for just a dollar on any Toyota. Three tires, fourth one for a buck, Toyotas only, and you'll get a free battery test and inspection to get you ready for maybe six weeks from now or so when the weather is colder and the snow starts to pile up. But uh, hopefully there's some, some more baseball to be played between now and then here locally. It's Mackie and Judd, Derek Wetmore. What should the Twins do with Miguel Sano tomorrow night? We discuss next. So he- here's the conundrum, and it's a good problem to have because I'm not sure the Twins thought they'd have this problem a couple weeks ago. Miguel Sano, healthy enough to at least play a little bit this weekend, take some at-bats, and uh, he-, he did say he felt some lingering soreness, which should be expected. I mean, he's not 100%. So Derek Wetmore is with us from the Touch 'Em All podcast and 1500ESPN.com. He's going to be in New York for this game tomorrow night. Twins wrap on this station after the game, and you're going to be able to hear the game on this station, ESPN's coverage. We're going to join it in progress after Minnesota United FC. Um, Should the Twins use Miguel Sano as a weapon off the bench in some ideal circumstance late in the game, or would you give him multiple DH at-bats tomorrow night? It's... A hard question to answer because, you, gosh, you're just flying blind. You're trying to figure out, is he going to learn how to adjust to a changeup and slider that we didn't see this weekend, by the way? Is he just going to figure that out in the course of the game? I mean, if you could trust that, you want Miguel Sano. He's your right. best hitter. But, gosh, based on what we saw this weekend, I think you definitely put him on the roster. I mean, mm-hmm. if he's healthy enough to take at-bats, you put him on the roster. But... I don't know. It's it's maybe this is my bias, but just the way that Robbie Grossman's played the last month, I think I trust him to get on base once or twice a lot more than I would for Miguel Sano, who showed us a lot of swing and miss and struggles adapting to off speed pitches this weekend. And and if I'm the Yankees, I watched those games. I'm not going to give him a single fastball on Tuesday. So I would really lean towards the side that says use him as a pinch hitting, you know. Possible guy off the bench who could come up and hit your Kirk Gibson home run for you, but I'm not going to give him five plate appearances and expect that it's all going to be right with Miguel Sano. That's just my personal opinion. And I said that based on the ballpark, I would start him. Because based on that ballpark where it's a bandbox and he could hit a pop fly that goes out, if it was almost any other park, I, I would probably not start him. But I'm thinking to myself, if he connects even a little bit for him, yeah, he, but he could hit a home run. Yeah, but it's not Miguel Sano or nothing. It's Miguel Sano or Robbie Grossman. Sure. And in this case, we didn't even see him pop up this weekend, Judd. He swung and missed. He struck out two tappers to the mound, and he faced Andrew Romine, a position player, and grounded out to third base. I'm just saying that's that that would be my that would be what would get me to start him. for sure. And the temptation, Phil and I talked about this a lot on the podcast yesterday. 
the temptation is very real. If you're the Twins, you've got to be salivating over the possibility that you could even have this guy in the lineup. What is he, the second best hitter on both teams combined, when healthy and in midseason form? But the thing that I have to continue to draw back on is this is not the Miguel Sano that we got used to seeing. This is not the guy who puts up all-star numbers. This is early spring training, Miguel Sano yeah. trying to figure out his timing. And how quickly. But if he, but if it clicks, that's a guy that you want in the lineup. I but I, I'm with Derek, for the record. I would start Robbie Grossman at DH. Sure. I know that Robbie Grossman is kind of a punchline among Twins fans. I mean, going back to last year. But Robbie Grossman... This season, as a left-handed batter against right-handed pitching, behind Joe Maurer is the best lefty versus righty hitter to get on base that the Twins have. Yep. So if if you're just looking to move the chains and get guys on base and and keep keep innings alive, I think I'm with Derek in that Robbie Grossman gives you a better chance in those regular DH at bats than Miguel Sano. But I'm bringing in Miguel Sano if I have runners on first and second and Jason Castro's coming up in a tie game in the eighth. Miguel Sano is taking that at bat. Yeah, you better believe that. I mean, you got to you got to hang on to him for that spot. It, an interesting uh, dynamic to this whole thing: the fact that it's one game, the fact that the Yankees have that bullpen. This is where it all gets very football for me, and it's kind of fun. <laughs> like baseball is 162 games, let it play out, don't overreact. I do think that there's very much something to the theory that the Twins need to get ahead early in this game because if you're down four one. Going into the fifth inning, and the Yankees can go all star, all star, all star, all pro, all star, all pro. Like, ooh, that even in a, yeah. if you could stretch that thing out to be an 11 or 12 inning game, they still hold a decided advantage in the bullpen. If you can get a couple guys on base, score a couple runs, like you've done better than anybody in baseball since the all star game, honestly, that's a fairly good spot to be in. But if you fall behind, and let's say Sano strikes out a couple times or something like that, the first half of the game doesn't go your way, mm-hmm. it's going to be a steep, steep hill for the Twins to climb at Yankee Stadium. So your pitching construction uh, for the Twins is what right now? Irvin starts, Barrios follows him almost certainly, right? Almost definitely, unless Irvin goes deep. Like sure. if, if he can give you seven innings, yeah. then that's fine. I'm going right to Trevor Hildenberger and trusting him, maybe then hand it over to Matt Belisle or, or I don't know, Hildenberger for four or five outs or something like that. Uh But if Irvin goes twice through the order and it's like a little rocky, fourth, fifth inning, the third time through the order comes around, I'm not messing around. I'm going right to Barreos. I want to see both of those guys pitching that game unless Irvin is the best version of himself, which he very well could be. And in that case, if you're the Twins, you don't want to mess around with the whole Barreos bullpen thing. You just go with a guy that you trust that helped get you here. Um, but yeah, if he runs into any kind of trouble at all, I'd rather see Boreos than Ryan Presley, for example. Let, let me leave you guys with this nugget, and it may wind up being useless, but baseball reference actually tracks player performance against finesse pitchers or power pitchers. Sure. And the Yankees have a lot of power pitchers, starting with Luis Severino, who's a velocity guy yep. in their bullpen. The Twins' three best hitters this year against power pitchers have been Chris Jimenez, Brian Dozier, and Robbie Grossman. So could we see a Christian Menez appearance against now he's only had 50 plate appearances against what yeah. what you would classify as power pitching but um but he's drawn a bunch of walks and he pinch hit for Miguel Sano yesterday and did his best Sano impression hit a bomb yesterday <laughs> second decker so but that's another reason why if Robbie Grossman's one of your best on base guys against right-handed pitching, and he's one of your best against power pitching, I think he's in the lineup. Yeah, I would have guessed. Think he's in the lineup. If you would have asked me, I would have said it's Dozier for sure, 
Uh, Grossman doesn't surprise me, and I would have said Sano. But the Sano's thing about been one of your worst this year. That's it's surprising. He a buck seventy five against power pitching, quote unquote. It's surprising to me because when you look at the stats of what they're using to get Sano out, he's one of in in the entire major leagues. He sees the one of the lowest rates of fastballs of any hitter, and that was pre injury. Now I think that gets turned up to eleven here. In this game, if he starts this game, gets four or five plate appearances, I don't know why you would throw him a fastball. Uh, not one in the strike zone for sure. So I I think the Twins are a pretty good fastball hitting team. I think top to bottom, they do just fine in that category. And uh, man, the Sano gamble is so juicy, so interesting. I just, I just don't think I could. <laughs> I don't think I could uh, do that. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents, 17 plus. College duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.